Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. And on today's episode, a Game 6 NBA Finals betting preview with our guy Eric Katz, a.k.a. Cooley. Eric and I discussed the point spread, which we were actually in disagreement on. However, we were on the same side for the game total and a few key player props. I do want to say that when me and Eric stopped recording, we chatted for a few minutes and he convinced me to get off of the Grant Williams prop, the over 1.53s. So all of the other props I am going to be playing, but when the Grant Williams discussion comes up, just feel free to ignore that part because I am not going to be playing that player prop. So thank you to Cool E. Watch Grant Williams now go 5 for 8 from three-pointer. And me to send Eric a Venmo telling him that he cost me some money. I'm obviously joking, but I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And follow me on Twitter at AdvantagePod underscore SE. All right, welcome back. We are now joined by the DFS Dynamo, the player prop professional. Florida's finest, Coolie. How you doing, Eric? What's up, Mike? Love the introduction. Yep. How's it going? I only say the, I only say the truth. I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good to see you. Um, I know we haven't talked much throughout the finals so far. I was traveling a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to catch you up to speed on kind of how I've been betting it, and then we'll talk about how we're going to approach Game Six. Uh, I've been both very right and very wrong throughout this series. In terms of being right, I've been nailing playing the totals. I've played four totals throughout the series, and I've gotten three of them right. I played a team total over, I mean, a team total under in one spot, a first half over, uh, a few unders. I know me and you generally play unders. Three out of my four bets have been unders, and I've won three out of four of the total bets I've placed as well. In terms of playing the sides, that's where I've kind of been wrong, Eric. I've been, I knew this series was going to ping pong back and forth a bit. And I knew there was going to be, you know, each team throwing their punches that both teams were going to be really hard to beat four times in a row or four times Mm -hmm. at all. So I knew it was going to go back and forth. But I was on game one, I was on the Warriors Celtics win. Game two, I'm no bet, Warriors win. Game three, I'm on the Celtics. Celtics win. That's the one that I did hit. Game four, I'm on the Celtics. Warriors win. Game five, I'm on the Celtics. Warriors win. So now we head into game six, and the lines come out. Celtics minus 3.5. The total minus the total's at 210. And the series price is Warriors minus 400. Celtics plus 330. I've already placed two early bets heading into game six. A half unit on the minus 3.5. And a third of a unit on that crazy plus 330 for the Celtics to come back and win the series. Eric, why can't I get off the Celtics? And is this the smart play heading into game six? No, I don't think so. And I'm, I've been with you. If you listen to all our other podcasts, Mike, I've been heavy advocate for the Celtics, except for against the Bucks. But after that, on the Nets, I, w- I, I took them every game and I won the sweep. I, I, I hit everyone on that. Um, the Bucks, I was surprised being down 3-2 and then them coming back and winning. Um, they were tough. And then I think me and you both agreed that they would beat the Heat, although it was closer than we both believed. We might have lost a few in there, but one overall. I, I don't know. There's just – there's a difference in, I think, 
the matchup between, let's say, the Heat, I thought they matched up well. I thought, you know, defensively they didn't have to worry as much. And they still kind of struggled to pull that one out. You know, granted, the Heat are probably better defensively. And, you know, Jimmy Butler went off. But I don't know. I just think the Warriors have too much. There's too much, you know, uh, familiarity with them in these spots. And I just, I think they they go into Boston and take them out. And and Boston, this this post-series is only 6-5 and five at home. They're not dominant at home as much as you would think they would be as, you know, the crowd's crazy there. But I don't know. The way the the Warriors are winning in spite of some of their key players going off, just, I don't know, I, I think me and you, I'm sure you agree with this, that Steph Curry's going to go off. Me and you had talked previously, we'll get to his prop, but um, he's not going to have another game like that. He's not that type of player. No, the environment's not too not. big. He just scored 43 on the road there, went off. Um, he's not going to shoot that poorly. I know he has a finger issue, but it doesn't seem to be that big of a deal. Um, I think... The biggest difference between the beginning of the series and the end is Clay Thompson's heating up. And I know the game six Clay, it's a narrative, but it's kind of true. He, he's a big game player, and I think he scored 20, he's averaging 21 in his last three. He's shooting well from the field. If he plays well, I don't think they have a chance. Because I think Steph Curry's foregone conclusion will play better than he did, and they won by 10. So, I don't know. I, I just don't see the Celtics doing anything differently that's going to beat the Warriors here. I think the Warriors kind of got their number. Is there any case to be made for the Celtics? Is there is there a chance to say the Celtics are probably the more talented team? They have depth. They have home court in Game Six that they're going to push for a, a Game Seven. That no team has beat them. The Warriors are the first team to beat them twice in a row. So expecting any team to beat this team three times in a row is really tough. That the Celtics shoot really well and they shoot a high volume of threes. So just shooting variants, you might just say they're going to take one because they're going to hit twenty threes again, like they did in Game One. Like, is there any case to be made for the Celtics, or are you just completely off the bandwagon? Yeah, I mean, of course there's a case to be made. They're the favorite, but I, I think that's a line that, you know, why I, I would love to take the Warriors at, at plus 145, I believe. But yeah, there's a case to be made. I mean, it's a 3-2 series. They are home. Um, they've been good in the playoffs in this spot with their back on the wall. Like, I mean, against the Bucs, it was 3-2. They came back and won impressively and then took out seven impressively also at home. Um yeah, there's a chance. Um, it just worries me that Jason Tatum was 10 to 20 with 27 points. Marcus Smart at 20 plus points. You know, Jalen Brown played bad, but you you haven't gotten consistency enough from Tatum and Brown in the same game for them to win. And if they want to win or have any chance, they both need to. So I think Celtics have to play perfect, which they can. You know, Tatum can come out, can come out and go off. Um you know, Brown can go off. They both need to collectively go off because the bench is not providing much of anything anymore. Like, you're not getting much from Derek White. You're not getting much from Grant Williams, whereas the Warriors are getting value off their bench from Poole or, or Gary Payton or, you know, Otto Porter. I don't know if he's going to start. Wiggins just going absolutely crazy. Wiggins is a problem. Wiggins is a problem. Yeah. And the way they run their offense, it's you think it's like, okay, when's this guy going to come down to earth? But the, the attention that Steph Curry draws – from the half court line on and the way he just keeps running and running, it makes it easier offensively for these slashing wings like like Thompson and 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 uh Wiggins to attack with with with, with less traffic. You know what I'm saying? There yep, isn't exactly. where the Celtics thrive defensively, the Warriors can neutralize that because their offense is it's, it's almost unguardable. Like they're yeah, they move so, so much off ball. Yeah, they, they call it the blender. They just everyone's constantly moving around, and there's you just have to keep up with it. 
And it's Steph Curry. If you listen to other players, they say that what makes him so good, obviously he's Steph Curry. You know, the shooting is ridiculous, the the fluidity. But, like, it's the non – he does not stop moving. Like, his his conditioning and, and his ability to shoot off of, like, you know, a half a second in awkward positions means you can't really – you can't take a break. So he's moving around and, you know, there's screens coming left and right. So then, you know, the defense gets out of order and they keep moving the ball until someone can just attack or Steph Curry's open and shoots. And it's just, it's unguardable. Um, you could slow it down, but Steph Curry was 0 for 9 from 3 at 16 points last game and they won by 10. So people forget the Warriors defense is second in the NBA. So it's Exactly. Like- we talked about, I forget who I was talking about. In the, I was talking to my other friend, Austin beginning of the series we were like yeah defense wins championships but with whichever team that wins proves that because we have the first and second best defensive team so it's just the fact that they've gotten here proves it's not a matter of that the celtics have a better defense and that's why they're going to win it's that we have the two best defenses in the league making it to the farthest point you possibly can um and and on that note mike i think that is where the celtics and the heat you can make that argument the same kind of circumstance the heat, the Celtics' offense was better than the Heat, so they could both go up brick, 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 brick. The problem is, is that while the Warriors can stifle the Celtics, because the Celtics get anemic at times, like they the do. Celtics' defense can't really stifle the Warriors. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? If you look at the Celtics' wins, it's when they've had to score like 110 plus for the most part. Um, so they're gonna have to score. Yeah, um, I, I still can't get off the Celtics just having a lot of wing depth, having probably an eight-man rotation that you actually trust having the ability to play small and big, having the ability to have multiple shooters out there surrounding Tatum and Brown. I still think Jalen Brown is better than Andrew Wiggins, and he needs to play better than Andrew Wiggins in Game 6 for them to win because he did not in Game 5. Wiggins totally outplayed Brown, and that was a huge plus for the Warriors. Um, So those are the reasons why I'm still backing the Celtics on the points going into game six. And then I put a very small bet just because I liked the plus 330 going into a game seven. I'd probably hedge off of that a little bit with some Warriors. Um, yeah. But but my, my main angle is playing the Celtics for game six. We disagree there. Let's go over to the total, Eric. The total opened at, I think, 211. I'm going to check what it's at right now. I, I saw it at 210, Mike. And I think for people listening... Um, while, while I fully support that the, the Warriors are getting a, a phenomenal line at plus 145, and I would jump on that, I think the Celtics could win. I think the over is the best play in this game. Um, I don't know if you're going to agree. Me too. I lean, over, I lean over as well. Is, is, this because, is this because it's an elimination game scenario and we expect the Stars to play 40-plus minutes, there to be more late-game fouling, the Celtics to push the pace? For all these reasons, I lean over in this spot, even though – Historically, people say elimination games, as you get later on in a series, keep playing the unders. Why are you saying over? Well, let's, let's, let's play the devil's advocate um, and, and attribute what we were doing with the Heat Sixers. Like, even in those elimination games where we thought the fouling at the end could come into play, we were still taking the unders because of the style of play, the pace of play, the, um, the inability to score efficiently, you know, the lack of that. Um, this type of game, the environment to me, I think the Celtics know they have to come out and score. I think they know they have to come out aggressive. They have to force turnovers. They have to play in that kind of mindset, not like lackadaisical and get. I think the Celtics are extremely disadvantaged playing at a um, half court set. You know what I'm saying? They're going to want to push the ball because they get stagnant offensively when it's just a half court offense. 
So I see that, and and therefore, you know, if their strategy is to push the ball and play at a faster pace, um, they're going to take more shots. They're going to get more opportunities. They're going to be, you know, I think attacking the offensive boards. I think the Warriors play at the same pace no matter what. I don't think the Warriors ever change their style of play. They're going to keep pushing and gunning. That's just how they play. Um, they're going to make shots. They're going to make hard shots. Uh, the Celtics defense, I don't think is really going to slow them down as much. So I think the Celtics have to look at this like we have to play to the over. And I think the, I think it's it's deflated the number because of the last two games. You know what I'm saying? Recency bias. So if it was like 218, I would still consider it. So the fact that it's like 210 or whatever it's at, 210 to 11, I think maybe buy yourself a few points if you're uncomfortable and then, you know, really do the math of the other games and think to yourself, like, is this not going to be like a 110-105 game? I can't see how it's not. You know, I... No, I, I, I I totally, Eric. I I couldn't agree more. I really like that you're you're saying this. I'd had no play on the total yet because generally we we play unders. But this was a spot where I saw it and I was like, ah, my initial read is right. definitely definitely over. Um, and you like, go back to last game. Mm-hmm. You go back to last game. The Celtics missed twelve straight threes. The Warriors missed fourteen straight threes at one point in the game, and it barely went under. Like it went under by a few points. Um, right. And so, take into account, Mike, that um, in those other games that we were saying – I'm sorry to interrupt you. In those other games where – I just want to make a, a, a compelling argument. The other games where we were saying with the under, with like the Sixers heat, they play at a slow pace. You tighten up in games like that in elimination games and play at that pace. While this is an elimination game and you expect tightness, when you're playing back and forth basketball, almost like backyard basketball, you know what I'm saying, where you're just pushing and gunning, you loosen up quicker. You know what I'm saying? You don't miss as many shots. You're not as – stagnant you're not as like uh stiff so i think that factor won't play in as heavy on missed shots you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i think it's gonna be running gun both ways so we're in agreement uh on the total let's see how this translates over to the player props market eric i identified like three or four player props that really caught my eye so let me run through them and you give me like a Scale of like one to ten, how you feel about the bet, and you could tell me, you know, a little bit about why. First one is Grant Williams over one point five threes as a prop. Uh, I thought the reason for taking this was that Grant Williams has been played a little bit exclusive center without Al Horford, without Rob Williams in Game Five. Uh, a little bit uptick in minutes. He was shooting a little bit more. He hasn't had a really good game since that Game Seven against the Bucks like a month ago. But he's still a very important piece, and they're going to be shooting. I expect this to be an up-tempo game where Grant sees his 25, 30 minutes. And for that reason, I was like, let me take Grant Williams to bang in two threes. Yeah, I mean, I think there's logic behind that, Mike. My only thing is that you're reliant on maybe five to six attempts, and the, the limit of exposure makes me like in elimination games my strategy is when you know you know who the guy is when there's you know specific guys who need to do more and need to you know you know how I always tell you inefficiency you could throw out the door if the volume's there um that's why in games like this I always garner toward star players even if it's an inflated number because of the volume like that's why I would take Jason Tatum without hesitation because he was 10 for 20 last game and had 27 points. He's getting flack for not maybe taking as many shots. And other games he shot 23 times, 25 times. And his field goal percentage has been abysmal. But 
he's going to shoot enough and he's going to get fouls where I think I would just lean toward Jason Tatum over and Jalen Brown's over because I think both of them are just because I think the number stays fixed. I don't think they take into account that these guys are going to take six to seven more shots. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. All right. Um, Do you like the Grant Williams bet or no? I like it. I just I I like other things that are safer. Okay. All right. My next my next one was uh, I, I I do have the Tatum on here, and I, we're definitely going to get into this back the stars in elimination games things. I don't I just don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. So I just wanted to go one at a time with these. Sure. My next one is the game six clay. Uh, we spoke about game six clay a little bit before. Um, I'm on his under twenty and a half points for this game. It's been 17 and a half. It's been 18 and a half. It's been 19 and a half at various points in, de- in various books throughout this series. Seeing it at 20 and a half is the highest it's been, correlating with the over-under being at 210 being the lowest that's been. And then being on the road and Game 6 Clay being like a folk folklore kind of public want to back that situation. Yeah. And... I know me and you both lean towards the over for this game, but it has been, it started at 210 and a half. It was bet down to 210. There is some sharp action and some more money coming in on the under to start. So you would say, okay, this is a sharp game going under. Which player prop could I go under on? Clay under 20.5 is definitely one of my props. How do you feel about that one? I don't know. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of a tricky one to target because of his like ability to get hot fast. Like, We've seen him, and and I would say I would agree with it even being 18 or less if we were going off of the first three games. But if you look at the last two in particular, he's averaged, you know, 20-plus in both, I think, I believe. Yeah, 22 the, different, the difference, Eric, is he's played better defense, which has given him more time on the court. I also think he's getting more comfortable, and I don't think time on the court's going to be as much of an issue, Mike, with Clay Thompson in an elimination game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think they've reduced Jordan Poole's minutes enough to where, like, and you'll see Draymond come out for spurts where I think Clay Thompson in a game where I think it's going to be run and gun in a high-scoring game is going to have to be on the floor. Now, I don't know if that's going to translate to the to, to, to covering, but he like he could come out and go three for sixteen, or he could come out and go you know, 10 for 21 and have 35 points. So I think that's a tough one. I, I, I could see your logic, but I think he's heating up. And I think that uh, that's a little concerning, but um, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I probably would stay away from that. Just okay. based on what I was telling you earlier with the other available options. Okay. Um, I could see it though. The next two, I've, I feel strongly that you're going to feel confident in them. Eric, this is something that we've talked about a lot before, but uh, I'm a betting systems guy. Like I like to bet systems and understand the situational spot teams are in to understand yeah. how to bet them. What's the travel schedule? How does this team do when they're in heavy travel situations? How many games have they played in the last week, and how do they do off short rest? Like these are situational spots. They, you know, we're on the road and then they're traveling home. How do they do at home after a road loss? These are situational system spots that you can play there's also another system so i've also created my own system one thing that i'm known for in terms of the gambling stuff is creating an alternate line system to play alternate spreads and get more value out of certain lines 
I'm working on creating another system, Eric, and this one's named after you. It's called Back the Stars Like I'm Cooley. And the whole premise of this goes back to something that we talked about during football season, which was like when these Cooper Cup eight and a half reception lines were kept coming out, it was just a freaking joke because we knew he was going to have 10, 11, 12 catches, but the books simply couldn't lay that number. Like the, the, the over under should have been 11, 11 and a half for cups receptions on a given game. But we knew if the book laid it 11 and a half, then 90% of the bets were going to be on the under and sports books operate from an exposure standpoint. And they try and lay lines that get 50% on both sides. So they weren't going to do that. So regardless of the number that came out, seven and a half, eight and a half, nine and a half, me and you, we're playing the over until it got to the point where it really should have been, which was like 11 and a half or 12. So to yeah. bring this over to bring this over to basketball. Well, Mike, I see. Yeah. On that same logic, it's what we were talking about with Giannis. Exactly. Yeah. This is. Yeah, it's Make just, it it's just whatever the number is it, it, until it gets for Giannis in that series. Until it got to 36 points, we should have been backing it no matter what it was. 32.5, 33.5. Like, no, whatever it is. Until 36. My question for you, yeah, exactly. My question for you is, how does that apply to a guy like Curry in this series, who's got an over/under of 28.5 for every game? It's slightly juiced to the over at minus 118. He's hit it in four out of five games. He's coming off the one game where he didn't hit it, so people might be, oh, the Celtics figured out how to guard Steph. For me, I'm in the situation of like. He is the entire Warriors offense. Everything they do runs and is fundamentally around what where Steph is on the court and what his abilities on ball and off ball are. So me, I'm backing Steph's point total over until it gets to where it should be at like 32 and a half for the series. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. And you're going to call me crazy, Mike, but I think it's almost even safer with a guy like Jason Tatum who, who's shooting more, like Steph historically he he meets that number one because he does shoot a lot but two and three because most of his shots are three so you add a point and three because he's efficient he's an extremely efficient scorer so like you don't have as much room for error with him but because he does it so consistently where he'll shoot 50 percent with these ridiculous shots like you have to assume he's going to shoot close to 50 percent from the field and at least five or six of them will be threes so you add six points to whatever you know any other player would be um I think the logic's there for Steph, and I think it's there for Tatum. I know we'll get there for Tatum. I think it's more there for Tatum because of the ability to be inefficient. I don't think Steph Curry's going to shoot 30 times. I think Tatum will shoot 30 times. I'm confident in the, the fact that Tatum will shoot 30 times in the field. Um, so Tatum's over-under is 27.5, and that was exactly my next one, taking over on both Clay and Tatum. Yeah, well, Steph and Tatum. Um, oh, yeah, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm under on Steph, so over on – I mean, I'm under on Clay, so over on Steph and Tatum. You know, I like to look at it too, Mike, from like a standpoint from a broad perspective. If you think it's an overs game, maybe lay the overs on all the guys and, and collect on what, you know, like three out of five or maybe four out of five or maybe hit five out of five. We could go into that at a different time. But mm -hmm. um, I think I – think, you nailed it with let's stay on Steph for a second Mike because I'm trying to think of the only obstacle to him getting there and the only thing I'm thinking in my head is if in the first half he tries to integrate Clay and Wiggins so that because he knows he's going to get his you know what I'm saying 
he he's going to have the volume for it every single game. He even had the I volume know. for it last game. He just missed all of his three-pointers. It was the first time in, like, 250 games Steph went without making a, a three. So, like, and he shot nine three-pointers, and he missed all of them. Uh, he has 34, 29, 31, and 43 in his first four games. He has over 22 shots in four out of the five. He has 21 shots in every single game, at least 22 in, in all of the rest. Uh, he's got... At least nine three-point attempts in every single game. I, I think playing Steph's over is also a volume play. I mean, he's still averaging. If you count the three-pointers as potentially a shot-and-a-half situation, he's averaging 25 shots. Let's do the math, Mike. I personally think the Warriors are going to win, and I think they're going to score a total of around 112 to 115, all right? So let's play that number at the highest. Let's say it's 115, right? Yep. Draymond Green's not scoring more than eight to nine points. If he does, you tip your cap. So – Yep. You had eight to nine points there, minimal. Um, you know, there's the weird loony games, but I let's let's cap him at like four to eight. Mm-hmm. The only and now now what we're left with, you know, the big scores. Otto Porter is not. I, I cap him in the same range of four to eight. And yeah, you cap really, all them. All them like all the ancillary pieces are like twenty five points total for the but Warriors. The key the, is the, that the, ancillary pieces like Draymond Green play thirty five minutes. So right. if we're capping him to eight to nine points and we're going to say they're going to score 115, let's give the other minutes to Otto Porter. Let's say them combined score 16. You know, that's a grand total of 48 minutes played. Then you have four other starters. Um, Looney, you know, it, he would have to have a really weird offensive rebounding game, in which point Steph Curry's missing shots, and then you tip your cap. But yep. um, so if they're going to score 16, the only outlier could be a Jordan Poole crazy game. But Steph would have to get in foul trouble. He's going to be playing 40 minutes. Yes. Jordan Poole, I tweeted this during last game. Jordan Poole does so much on the court to keep Steve Kerr from playing him more minutes. Like, he is such a bonehead on defense sometimes. He takes really, really questionable shots. Even if they go in, Kerr is not that happy that he took them in an NBA Finals game. I don't see Jordan Poole going off and then subsequently getting more than 26 minutes in this game. And take. he's not taking any Steph Curry minutes. This is a volume play for Steph. He's, for sure. The over-under should be 30, I'm 32. Trying, I'm just trying to really do the math here and, like, attribute what we believe is going to happen with their final score and deduce from there. So, like, let's say, like, 115 is their score and we eliminate Draymond and Otto to 16 points and then you have six other players. Gary Payton's not going for 15 points again. It's not going to happen. No. He might score zero points. Right. But, the only way this doesn't happen, if Wiggins gets 25, Clay gets 25, Poole gets 20. Uh, Correct, and, and then, then and then you have like an Iguodala or a Porter end up getting sixteen themselves because they hit four threes or something crazy like that. But no, this is a or you, on the off chance that the Celtics just shut them down and stifle them, which we both agree isn't going to happen. Eric, instead of instead of going all, let me ask you this question: Do you like playing Stephen Curry's points and assist combo at thirty four and a half? Because if he's not the one scoring, he's the one creating. So if he scores twenty eight, he's probably going to have. Seven assists, you know. He's not always the one creating. I think I think that his points are better. I think it's just take his points safer because if you look at some of these games, like when he had forty three points, Mike, he had forty three points, ten rebounds, and four assists. Yep. Okay. So like, all right. So we're so we're playing. Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to belabor these yeah. too much. We're playing Curry's over. We're playing Tatum's over. I'm playing Clay's under, and I'm playing Grant Williams to have one point five threes. Those are my four player props. We're taking the over two ten total. I'm on the Celtics. Eric's on the Warriors. Eric, if I want to ask you one last question, we were talking about the the total in that in that situation. Um, the the um, 
team total for the Warriors is actually the, the play that stuck out to me. Instead of necessarily playing the over-under at 210, how do you feel about playing just the Warriors team total? Because they're the slight underdogs, we get them at slightly less than half of that 210. So you have the over-under for the Warriors at 103.5. I love it. Do you like that more than playing the, the 210? I like them you both. playing both slightly? Yeah. 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 Well, for me, because I think the Warriors are going to win. Right. But, you know, someone and, – and, and that goes into my train of thought, Mike, to play the over in the game too because I think the Warriors are going to win. And we talk about elimination games for one team. If I think the Warriors are going to win, Celtics are going to be fouling at the end of the game no matter what the score. So, yep. you know, that plays into it. Whereas if I thought the Celtics were, were going to win handily, maybe I wouldn't take the over. You know, but I just – I think it's going to be a close game. I think Warriors are going to win. I think there's 10 to 15 more points added because of the foul situation. Um so, yeah, I would just lay them both. Great. Are, is there any other bets? Are there any other bets that you've seen that you like out there that we haven't talked about yet before we wrap this up? Um, what's Steph Curry's three-pointers? So it was, it was at four and a half for every game, and then last game it jumped up to five and a half in the one game where he had no three-pointers. Um, so let's see what it's at now. It's back to four and a half, but it's slightly juiced to the over at minus 115. I'd take it. Because if I we're know. saying he's scoring over 28, the guy shoots 10 threes a game. He's shooting more than 10 threes a game. Well, last game he shot nine, but... Yeah, I know, but in, in the other ones, 14, 14. Yeah, he's, he's, averaging tw- he's averaging 12 attempts. He's averaging 5 for 12 in the series for 39.2%. Exactly. Yeah, that's a tough one to target, but because he went 0 for 9 last game and because he's only 5 of 12, he's due for like a, you know what I'm saying, like an 8 of 14. Like, he could have 8 threes. I wouldn't be surprised. Of I'd course, yeah. I would I would lean over. I would say anyone who wants to play the under on that is just insane. Um, I would lean over on Clay Thompson's threes, too. I think Clay Thompson comes out chucking. That's at three and a half, but it's for me, that's way too mm-hmm. juiced to the over because it's juiced at minus 142. It is. It, that is, that, yeah. I didn't expect that. I thought two and a half, in which point. Three and a half. That's why I like the Grant Williams situation because it's minus 110. So just standard odds on Grant Williams to hit two threes. I do think he's going to attempt five or six attempts so you're asking him yeah i think he's gonna if he shoots at least six attempts whatever we disagree i'm on the celtics for the game anyway so that factors into it all right um and i think i I don't know i think for the celtics go ahead tatum i think is is the best play in the entire game just because he can go he's gonna have like a kobe shooting game where it's like he can go 13 of 35 and he's covering I would take everything regarding to Tatum. Maybe, well, he can miss a lot of three. He's inefficient, but in terms of scoring, I think that's just. I think he's gonna. Have yeah, play. I like Tatum's. I like Tatum's over on his rebounds, eight and a half too. It's it's plus money, plus one twelve. So I like that as well. Kinda just because like I think he's gonna be. He's gonna be playing forty four minutes. So. Well, would you? Let me ask you a question. I know we're gonna go in a minute, Mike, but would you then, to be safer than eight and a half, because that's a tricky number, would you just package it with points and rebounds? Um, no, like I, no, no, I don't. I, I, no, I wouldn't. Really? I like Tatum. I like Tatum on the rebound number, just straight as it is, because I think Celtics are starting to play a little bit smaller in this series, and he's not going to come off the court. So, and if no, it's going to be, you. 
if it's going to be a pace up game with a lot of three point shooting, then he should definitely get his rebounds. Um, all, right, all right, let's wrap it up. I don't want to make it too long of a pod for a one game betting preview. Thank you for joining me today, and we will be back shortly. If there's a game seven, I will call on you. Yep. Thanks, my guy. Right, good luck.